Hello and welcome today to Unfound Helps podcast. I'm joined by Kehan Joe, which is a co-founder of Terrascope. Um, he also has a business partner in um, Terrascope, which is Julian Portis. He's the business partner and co-founder of Terrascope, Terrascope as well. Um, however, we'll get back into what Terrascope is about. We'll first talk about Kehan. Kehan, you deal with business development. Um, growth and the financial side of business in, in Terrascope, but let's go back into when you first started business. Did you start business from a young age? Uh, did you always aspire to be a businessman or an entrepreneur? Where did you start your career? Yeah, uh, first of all, thanks, Ross, for having me today. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and talk about uh, my journey as well as, top, uh, as, well as Terrascope. Uh, so yeah, so you know, very early on, my family has always been um, attentive to cultivate uh, the business side of me uh, at a very young age. Uh, I remember reading uh, the book "Poor Dad, Rich Dad" uh, when I was eight years old, and feeling really inspired by the story. And I actually took groceries uh, from my uh, from my family and went out to the street and start selling them. Uh, of course, I sold them at a loss because I didn't know how expensive food was. Uh, but that was my very first business journey. <laughs> Look, we always have, we all have to start somewhere. Whether it's at a loss, if it was a profit, it's a gain for everyone. But you started from a young age, so is that something for from both your mother and father's side, which they sort of led you into it, or did you just um, grasp the idea and you were interested in business from a young age? Yeah, I think my mother definitely saw uh, some interest from me uh, in understanding you know, the economy, understanding uh, how business works at, ver at, at a young age. So she was very careful and she was very conscientiously trying to cultivate that side of me. So me and my mom, my mom is in business consulting. And even you know when I was a teenager, as, as a child, we always talk about business. I always tell her about oh, how does this work? Or how do you negotiate with your suppliers? So a lot of things um, really comes from her that you know I get the opportunity to have this mentor at home that I can ask stupid questions to 24-7. Uh, do you still ask your mom those stupid questions till today? Or, or um, are, are you always curious even till now and you ask your mom you know, for help sometimes? Yeah, I think you know, as I as I grew and learned more more about business myself, uh, there come there came a point where I began to know more than her. But I still, you know, when I come up with a new business idea, I'm always excited to share it with her because it's becoming more of an emotional support, right? It's, it's less about the technical side, but it's more about having someone who is just so supportive, uh, who is also, you know. Um, happy to share my successes yeah it's nice to always sort of lean back onto the person who supported you from that young age to even now although you're trying to support them it's still to sort of get their feedback on are you doing the right thing is this best or or you know that sort of thing so even though you started from a young age even through your teenager years you know getting experience uh, what did you go into? Did you go into university, into college, and, and what did you study in there? Yeah, so I, I was very lucky because I, I grew up in Beijing, but 
um, for college, I got a full scholarship to attend Wesleyan University in Connecticut. Um, it was a tremendous privilege and a very great opportunity uh, for you know any high schoolers who are interested in the, in American education. So I took that opportunity, flew out of the country for the very first time uh, to the U.S. I didn't know anyone. I didn't really know anything about the U.S. I've never been. Uh, so it was a very fun adventure. Um, of course, you know, like a lot of college students, I was uh, exploring in terms of what I want to do or what I wanted to do. Um, I took so many different classes. I initially wanted to be a dance major uh, <laughs> in college, which is very different from what I do nowadays. Not that different, but uh, pretty different, pretty far apart. Uh, but eventually, you know, when I start getting more exposure to uh, microeconomics and, you know, the more, um, I would say, traditional uh, economic theories, I began really, become really fascinated uh, by how, you know, this invisible force that's governing uh, our day-to-day -day activities. So I eventually shifted my major from dance to economics, and that has become like a huge passion of mine. Uh, even even to today, I still read books about behavioral economics, behavioral finance. I just finished the book actually last weekend. Okay, so you went into uh, going from a dance major into economics, which is um, a fairly different uh, <laughs> stride of, of that. Um, after university and anything like that, what sort of route of um, uh, career, business or anything did you go into? Did you go um, straight into economics? Did you go into a different line of work? Sort of, the point is, where did it lead you into to where you have come to today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I originally with economics, I wanted to become a researcher uh, for economic policies. Uh, but in junior year, I was I stumbled upon an opportunity to be a, a sales and trading intern for Citigroup. <clears throat> so for um, people who are not familiar with the sales and trading career, uh, it's essentially a market maker. It's when you think about movies like The Wolf of Wall Street or The Big Short, those people are in sales and trading. They're the traders, they're making the calls for the company, they're making the markets, they're operating uh, with hundreds of millions of dollars of portfolios. Uh, so I was very lucky to have one of those opportunities and went to New York and really worked with the best uh, financial minds of our time to learn about how the market operates and how to uh, essentially uh, digest news, digest economic news, and how to impact uh, how people operate within this market. So that was a really, really interesting learning because for a college junior to have that kind of front row seat to witness what is happening in the market and you know the transactions are always in millions of dollars it was it was very eye-opening um and it really helped me understand that economic doesn't only exist in uh, the academia or only in business it can exist in a very fast-paced environment where you're making decisions you know every couple of seconds so that kind of fast-paced environment and the kind of entrepreneurial aspect of it, because you're owning your own transactions, you're the one who's calling the shots, that really appealed to me um, 
to both both of my interests, right? The entrepreneurial side as well as the economic interest. So I was I just fell in love with trading, and that become uh, that become ended up becoming my career. I got a full time job offer after the summer internship, and I returned after graduation uh, to uh, to Citigroup as the as as a proprietary municipal bond trader. So I was given a very large responsibility right off the gate because I have my own portfolio, which was $20 million. I was managing that much money at a very young age right out of the college. And that really taught me a lot about responsibilities and a lot about, um, you know, operating on a higher level, right? Immediately, I was not really a junior person. I was working with people who are, you know, in their 40s, who have been in the industry for a longer time, very long time, but we're business partners. So it's, it's very, it's a very rare opportunity, but it was such a good learning for me to learn, um, you know, to occupy my space, really, to be confident when you're working with uh, seasoned experts. Yeah, even from, it really put you into a perspective from a young age to understand financials very quickly, but also puts you in the mindset of creating solutions very fast if a problem is to arise. And that really helps you in the later aspects of when it comes to, you know, working in a different workspace, in a different industry. But even now, because you are, you know, the co-founder of Terrascope, it really helps you in your own field of business to really start thinking quickly on your feet when something needs to be done. It helps a lot and that's really good. Um, that being said, let's talk a little bit about what your business is, um, what Terrascope is and sort of how it has come about because you've gone from, uh, you know, you've gone from being economics uh, or a dance major to economics to, to investment banking to now going into Terrascope. What is Terrascope? Uh, when did you start it? How did you start it? But why did you start it? Sure. So uh, basically, while I, while I was you know, really enjoying my life uh, as, a, as an investment banker, as a trader, I also um, really always wanted to start a company of my own. Uh, like we talk about very, from a very young age, I wanted to start, you know, I want to create something that is 100% uh, me, you know, 100% in line with my vision of the world and in line with how I think technology can evolve and help our society. So um, last year, uh, both me and my co-founder were looking for rural real estate actually independently. Uh, kind of unbeknown to, to each other. We didn't know that we were doing that. Uh, but when we touched base, we realized that, oh, we were both interested in moving out of cities and we both had the same pain point of trying to search for rural properties online. Um, so, and then we start talking to other people. A lot of people actually during the pandemic wanted to move rural, right? They wanted to leave the cities and actually this trend, I can talk about it a little bit later too, uh, because it's very interesting. It's also here to stay because of remote work. So uh, even, even as the COVID pandemic is kind of, uh, is getting under control, 
we are still seeing a lot of people looking to move to rural areas. Um, but all these people we talked to uh, had told us back then last year, which was uh, told us more about the pain point, which was searching for rural properties online is a big challenge. It's hard for the sometimes for the users, you know, as an entrepreneur, uh, the first thing you, we need to understand is the users will tell you, okay, this is not working, right? But it's our responsibility to tease out exactly what is not working for them and what the solutions are. So that is our responsibility. So after we you know, talked to 20 people who had the same problem, Julian and I sat down. We were like, okay, this cannot be the best solution out there. There must be some way we can use technology to improve the experience. Um, so that is the beginning of Terrascope. We start, we start thinking about how, wh what is missing in the current experience? What is working? Like when people are having a good experience, what happened to make their experience great, right? So we also talked to a couple of buyers who were like, oh, we find great properties. And then we asked them about their experience, try to dive in into exactly what is the best way to search for rural properties. And we're trying to digitize that uh, experience in an AI solution. Okay, so you were talking about technology and how people are within this trend now from the pandemic trying to move out of the cities into rural areas. And based on that, you said a lot of people are struggling to try and find, you know, properties to move into. Now, you were using a technology. This is the an AI technology, which is um, artificial intelligence. That's correct. Yes. Yes. Now, how do you implement AI into your system to help people find this? Because a lot of people don't know what AI is or how it works but especially how you can really make it advantageous in your industry or your business now to help people find properties. How does that come into you know, the whole scope of, of work? Yeah, that's a good question. So, um, you know, very early on we realized that uh, when people struggle to find rural properties online, it's often not a problem with inventory. It's not because there are no good properties available, right? There are tons of properties available. Actually, that is the problem. It's because there are so many properties available, it becomes very difficult for people to you know, narrow down the best matches for them when they don't have a good, good tool, efficient tool to do that. And that is exactly what our users were telling us. So they were saying, oh, you know what? When I go on other websites like Zillow, I type in these criteria, but the results are just so broad, right? Because Zillow is not targeting the rural market. You can search by a lot of factors, like if, if it's good for hunting, what's the buildable area, if it has utility, uh, what, the, what kind of septic system uh, the property has. So because of that, because of the lack of filters in the first place, they're seeing properties that are just don't meet their criteria. So it's a very mixed result. So that becomes very overwhelming and the users end, ended up having to uh, essentially manually go through these results, right? So they're missing out on great properties and they're also overwhelmed. 
So y your system really allows for a very sort of specific filtration system to allow your users to really narrow down what they are specifically looking for. Exactly, and uh, that's where the AI comes in, right? So uh, if you look across the, the competition, uh, the competitive landscape, most 99% of, uh, of the real estate websites out there are based on filters. They ask you, do you want three bedrooms? If so, they're going to filter their database by three bedrooms and show you all the three bedrooms. But this method is not really a good method for rural properties for a very important reason. Rural property buyers tend to consider three to five times more variables. Because in addition to the structure itself, to the home itself, they have to consider things about the land. If it's, it, it, how big the land is, what kind of features on the land, if there's any utility poles on the land, if there's any driveway. So because of this, this amount of variables they need to consider, filters become burdensome, right? So when you have more variables to filter through, just asking your users to tick the boxes of 30 variables become first of all burdensome, but also very prone to mistakes, right? So if the, if the user didn't set the correct combination of filters, they're gonna miss results. So we think there must be a better way to first of all simplify the process, at the same time, understand the user preferences in a much more uh, linear, uh, uh, linear way, right? Because filter, the problem with filter is that it's binary, either yes or no. There's really no in between, right? And it also doesn't tell us how big, how firm the yes is, or if it's a deal breaker when it doesn't have this, when the property does not have this feature. That's where the AI comes in. So when you go on Terrascope, you see one listing at a time, and the AI agent asks you uh, what your thoughts are on this property. If you like it, we're gonna show you more properties like this. If you don't like it, we ask you to choose a reason why this property is not right for you. And because we're asking your uh, thoughts on the property, we're able to really understand your preferences in a very new way. We were talking about um, that properties on your websites are listed one at a time, um, which is easier for people to you know find properties as well. But the way that your your AI system works is through the customers being able to filter themselves, as you were saying, based on their requirements. But are these based on through attributes where customers can really narrow down their searches? Yeah, actually, uh, it, it is based on what we call tags. So on each listing, uh, we generate a large amount of data on the listing itself. For example, if it's close to a national park, if it's waterfront, what kind of view it has, uh, is it in, uh, does it have good school districts? So all of these tags are associated with the listing. So when users are giving us feedback on what kind of properties they want, we, um, we are able to look at the, the property pool and then pick out these properties with the associated tags for them. Uh, but one thing I want to emphasize is, for example, if you're looking for um, uh, a property with waterfront, right? Uh, but you have a very low budget. Waterfront properties tend to be more expensive. 
So sometimes users give us these conflicting uh, parameters. They're like, wait, I want to buy a home for $200,000, but also want waterfront view. So sometimes that's not really doable, uh, but that this is also where the AI comes in and becomes really useful. When the uh, criteria become contradicting, um, AI is able to balance, okay, how badly do you actually care about waterfront? Are you more price sensitive or are you more waterfront sensitive, right? So all these attributes in our database are exist on uh, from the user side, the user's preference exists on a spectrum. It's not just yes or no. We and and that's the the real way people search for properties. It's all oftentimes a trade off, right? It's oftentimes a compromise. It's not yes or no. That's why AI is super useful because with a smart search. They're able to understand your trade-off and then help you make better decisions in the process. So rather than a lot of people, like you were saying, they have to, you know, compromise on one thing over the other, your AI really tries to sort of help people not have that compromise on one big topic or one big, you know, attribute, if you want to say. You try to really narrow it down to make sure it's not one of the big things you give away, but maybe we just give away on that septic tank or that land is not so big or or something like that but you have a good price point and you have that lake view or that ocean view whichever you want the your two main key points to to selling that property um, exactly yeah ai your ai real estate which is what you guys are sort of classified as is, is very different to a traditional real estate agent how are you different to to a traditional real estate other than you basing your your search uh, or customers are basing their searches off um, you know an AI system your website is also very different to um, you know a typical real estate you don't have a lot of pictures of properties on there you don't push people's faces with the, you know a lot of properties in their face on the websites or anything what is your marketing strategy behind it and and how do you want to be different to a normal real estate agent yeah that's a great question i think uh the logic behind the design we have on on, on our landing page is that we are presenting a fairly new solution so every time you're bringing something new to the market you have to take the time to educate the users or you know to help the users understand first of all how does the product work and then second of all what is the value that it offer you because for consumers uh, psychologically there's a switching cost right if you're used to Zillow switching to a new platform you need to learn something new and the consumers are always balancing is the switching cost worth the benefit so we're trying to tell them listen you might be not used to this particular interface, but let me tell you why this is useful. Even though you are seeing one listing at a time and you have to give feedback, but guess what? You're getting to your you're getting to the right properties much faster and you're not viewing properties that are not within your that that doesn't suit your needs, right? So that happens on other sides. So we're trying to tell them, "Oh, this is how the product works." That's why we on the landing page, we try to explain uh, the, essentially the rules of the game and let them know this is what they should be expecting. Um, so, but that being said, you know, I think one point I always like to point out 
uh, is that uh, the AI real estate, when we designed the product, we did draw a lot of inspiration from how real estate agents work with their clients. So if you recall your experience working with agent, they show you a list of listings and they're like, oh, Ross, what do you think about this property? And you tell, oh, you say, I don't like it or I like it for some reason. And the agents are learning your preferences. But with Terrascope, instead of having an agent and waiting for the agent to get back to you with new updated listings, the AI algorithm is listening to your preferences 24-7 and giving you all the real-time listings we have. That's uh, it's, it's a very clever system. You're sort of taking out that middle person of the agent being there all the time, and you're just having that AI or a computer, if you want, for other people to understand, a computer listening to your specifics, what you want, and you get those results very quickly. Exactly. Um, Terrascope, when, when did you ta start Terrascope? Um, did you see a, a really big spike in, in users uh, very quickly? Has it been a slow start? Um, how's that been picking up? Yeah, so I think, you know, we started Terrascope uh, last November. So me and my co-founder start drafting and start designing the product last August. But the product went live last November. So it's been a year, 12 months time that the product has been in the market. Uh, so far, we have had 17,000 users who use our product with 250,000 views on different listings. So we've got a lot of uh, feedback from users. Uh, we, we also uh, have so many more listings than we when we first started uh, and we're in four different states. So the way the growth worked for us was, uh, I would say the initial, there was definitely a period the first month uh, or so that we were a, a bit slow because we're trying to uh, really nail the product market fit, right? Trying to see, okay, what feature is working for the users? What feature doesn't? What are they looking for? And once we became clear on what the users truly want, the, the strength of our product, which is, you know, we're able to give you better listings, literally the best listings for you that's available anywhere uh, within our states, right? Once we realized that's our strength, we lean into it and that be then the growth really picked up. Um, and another interesting thing about any prop tech company, if there are prop tech listeners um, uh, here, which is prop tech companies often grow in a very uh, different pattern because for example, Tinder, you don't really care particularly where the user is, as long as you have some kind of legal uh, jurisdiction and you're, you're fulfilling the regulatory uh, requirement, you can operate in the whole US, right? But PropTech is different because real estates are very localized uh, and real estate regulations are often also localized as well as the listings. Um, that often lead to PropTech companies grow by geographical expansion. And that's exactly what happened with us. We started with one state, Montana, and then we moved to California. And in the past week, we just added two more states, Texas and Florida. Uh, and our goal is to go fully national to cover the whole US uh, in the next year or so. It's a good growth rate considering, you know, how, uh, how much of a, a, a startup business, if you want to really say that you are, 
uh, considering you've only started in the first year already you have that many users um, and that many searches within a year's time it's very good um, so congratulations on that and, and well done for that uh, now AI like I mentioned before is very different to a traditional style of um, you know real estate agents do you have many competitors in this field or are you very few yeah so uh, AI the AI technology itself is not new it's not particularly new to real estate because uh, Zillow does use AI to try to predict your preferences too but what's truly new what's truly unique about Terrascope uh, is that we are training our AI with a different data set. So Zillow uses the clicks data or how long you stay on the page to predict whether you enjoy the listing or not. But as you can imagine, you might stay on the page because you forgot to close it, or you might stay on the page because you love it, you just want to get more information on, on the listing. So because of that data is very noisy, uh, the, the efficiency of their AI algorithm is not, I, I would say it's not reaching its full potential. But what's really unique about Terrascope is our data are very high signal. They're packed with information. The users are explicitly telling us they like the property or when they don't like it, why they didn't like the property, right? So that allowed our AI technology to pinpoint the user preferences much, much faster and offer much better uh, results. Um, and in terms of if there's anyone out there using similar technology, there's no one out there using the similar technology in the rural space. So in the rural, in the rural uh, real estate market, Terrascope is the only offering for this kind of product, uh, AI product. That's a very good statement. Bring on the competitors, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few things just to round off is that um, you deal with, uh, from what I understand, you deal with the sort of development of the business, the financial side of the business, and your business partner, Julian, um, he deals with, I believe, sort of the, the back end of the website development, say the coding and that sort of works. Is that that's sort of what you you guys work with yeah so I majorly uh, I mostly focus on business focusing on uh, marketing as well as the finance aspect of it and Julian is the, the, the our AI mastermind he's the one you know I want to give a big prop to him because he's the one who built the AI system built the data processing for our listings uh, as well as the, the the website and the back-end design. So he's really the one-man army for Terrascope uh, on the product side. That's, um, it, yeah, it's very good. I want to sort of just, um, I want to end our sort of, you know, podcast interview with a sort of a bio about what Terrascope is. Um, so I'll read it out and I'll let you end it there with uh, your final thoughts. So. Just to round up what we had been speaking about, Terrascope is the first AI real estate agents uh, for finding and browsing rural properties online, um, reimagining the rural real estate search process. Uh, Terrascope uses a cutting edge machine learning algorithm and intelligent design to provide a brand new online property search experience. 
Their search algorithm learns each user's unique preferences to recommend the best listings like an expert real estate agent. Um, since the launch last year, Terrascope has successfully gained over 17,000 current users, which includes hundreds of thousands of search to date. Um, with AI being the forefront of their technology in their modern day real estate agency, um, on how it's being run, I congratulate you guys. It's something that's new to me. I'm sure it's new to everyone, but I hope that um, many people who listen to this, they start to look at your website. Uh, your website is www.terrascope.io. Um, I will link everything in the description for the podcast as well as the websites. Is there anything you would like to add to that? Yeah, thank you, Ross, for, you know, for, for having me today. Uh, had a really good time you know, uh, talking about Terrascope, sharing uh, our learning along the way. Um, you know, we're always looking for collaboration. We're always looking for uh, talents as well. So you know, if you are in the prop tech space and you're looking for collaboration, or if you enjoy the idea, you want to talk further, you know, feel free to shoot us a message at hello at terrascope.io. Um, you know, we're always open to have a conversation and I hope this has been uh, useful uh, to all of your listeners and thank you again for having me today. Thank you much, very much, Kehan, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you from Unfound Help Podcast. Have a great day, great morning or great evening.